Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. It's been several weeks since we learned of the Microsoft Exchange exploits, but we're not out of the woods yet. The team over at Huntress has published a dedicated page to keep the community up to date on the Exchange vulnerabilities and share their latest research, findings, and recommendations to help all security professionals and IT providers effectively respond to these threats. To see Huntress's latest research, go to www.huntress.com exchange. This is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Tom Lawrence of Lawrence Systems and many, many, many hundreds of thousands of you actually follow Tom on YouTube. And uh, so we're going to link to his YouTube channel and his other stuff. But welcome, sir. Well, thank you for having me. So I have to say, I'm, we, we might take a, I'll take a screenshot smile. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to show people your background. So you have this nice um, uh, foam audio cushioning background. Is that something that you had before you started doing all these videos? Um, not exactly. So I, I have a thing for silence. And uh, so this serves two purposes. One, I'm in my, this is actually my office I'm sitting in. I have an office and a studio in the same building, um, but it's some things I do record in the office and especially interviews, it's just more convenient to record them in the office here. Um, but this serves two purposes. Uh, well, the same purpose twice. It sound deadens things to make it better audio quality for when I record videos. I also just don't like noise. And uh, there's employees on the other side of these walls and sometimes they make noise and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. So, so sound uh, proofing goes both ways. I kind of like that. You know, I, I call it the luxury car feeling. You get in a really nice, like the, the especially them old Cadillacs had that. Like the world disappears when that door closes. And it's right. great. Like that silence around you. I, I that's a nice feeling. Any noise that's in here is because I'm producing it, or I told my speakers to put something on. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm of the age where I sometimes refer to something as. The quality of when you close the door on a Buick, which, you know, oh, yeah. the 1972 Buick, that was really something. So <laughs> it took a lot of effort to close those doors, too. My grandpa had one of those. And I remember it's like just the effort when you pulled that door closed, it was it was substantial. Well, door, that door weighed more than my current car. So, you know. yes, it was like closing a bank vault. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so why don't you give us your stats about, you know, what is Lawrence uh, Technology Services and what do you do? And, and just so people have an idea where you fit in the big picture. All right. So I've actually been working in tech for 25 years now. So I've been doing tech for a while uh, before we had words like MSP. We had plenty of acronyms, but that wasn't, I don't think, one of them. But uh, I started my company in 2003. So this is actually going to be, I believe that makes it 18th year in business. Um, so I've been doing this for a while. And then in 2015, I said, let's throw some things around on YouTube and see how this works. It looks interesting. Uh, it, then it was very hit or miss. It was those spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. Uh, 2017 is when we actually got a building and built a studio and said, this is what we're going to do. And it's actually mid 2017. Uh, so we've been really going at it with YouTube for the last uh, few years, just, just a shorter period of time than when I actually started the channel. 
Uh, but we are a traditional IT services company. We do break fix work. We do managed services work. Uh, we're that hybrid of both. I know there's that debate of do you go one or the other. Uh, we find for us the model of doing both works because any break fix client is just someone who hasn't signed a contract to be an MSB yet. You know, <laughs> that's my attitude. But <laughs> and, and where you're located? We are uh, just south of Detroit. I say south. Detroit is usually how I answer, but I, I heard you had mentioned someone you know from Detroit. And if you say you're from Detroit, you're like, no, no, you are on the suburbs of Detroit. And the Detroiters, they make those distinctions very uh, clearly here. <laughs> well, I don't have my uh, University of Michigan mug here, but I attended uh, grad school in University of Michigan. Oh, awesome. Wonderful school. So, and, and actually enjoyed wandering down to Toledo. I love the public radio in Toledo. So anyway, ah. uh, so, um, and how many employees do you have? Uh, currently on staff, there are six of us. I always have to think. Um, and one thing I, I need to do a video on this because people like, well, how do you handle these larger projects? And uh, my secret sauce is contractors. Uh, we have a lot, a large contractor network. And of course, other MSPs we partner with or just other IT people we partner with in general uh, to handle the extra large projects. And a lot of that's uh, come in from YouTube. And that's, it's, it's like projects come in surges sometimes. Uh, so that relationship building has been really important to being able to handle things is, you know, building your partner network of friends and things like that, that, you know, uh, of friends, business acquaintances that are also in the same industry. Uh, there's too much, I think, of people thinking, oh my gosh, they compete with me. I can never talk to them. I'm like, no, we actually pass business between each other. There's some things we don't specialize in that other people are, you know, have a particular competency in. Right. So um, you do... You have currently about 180,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yep. Okay. So I would start by saying nobody should have that as their goal to overtake you because uh, <laughs> that's somewhat unreasonable. But how did that happen? Like in the 2015, did it happen or 2017 or just in the last three years? Um, I want to say everything really has occurred since we doubled down on a studio mid 2017. And I think 2017, we were still floating around the 5,000 mark, maybe, maybe 10,000 mark. It was still pretty small. Um, a lot of it started as I like public speaking. So by the way, that's kind of a comfort level you should have before you start YouTube is do you like talking to an audience? Is this something you're comfortable and articulate about? Uh, because that has to be part of it. If you don't want to, whether it's to physically an audience or a camera that you have to pretend someone's behind, because by the way, they're not. When you first start out, you just talk to a camera and then you refresh the page a lot going, look, four views, four people besides me have watched this video. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait, I had to refresh the page four times. It was no one has watched it, just me. So, so, did you promote your YouTube page to IT professionals or to end users or? No, all? I did not. Uh, no type of actual promotion. So uh, because I liked public speaking and my public speaking wasn't just for my business. I also went to hacking conferences, Linux conferences. I'm a big open source nut or advocate, depending on uh, how you feel about open source. But uh, because I've spoke at those type of things, sometimes a question would come up. And this actually does date back a little before the 2017 of, hey, uh, your talk was booked. Like the entire room was full. We couldn't get more people in there. Can I just watch it on YouTube? And I'm like, uh, well, I guess, I guess I could upload it. You know, I, it was all those, that seems like a good idea. And so some of my earlier before 2017 videos are just really long talks I did on in-depth on firewalls and things like that. Uh, it was a natural gravitation for IT professionals to want to watch some of these videos because I cover topics that they're looking for. 
So one of the things I've told when people are starting out in useful or starting on YouTube is just be useful. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're out there really sharing content, um, there's the hype up content, which is sometimes called like hero content. You want to cover the news. You want to do a viral video. You want to do something funny. Okay, cool. They watched it, but that's it. Once they've seen it, they've seen it. It doesn't really serve the same purpose. If you're focusing on uh, evergreen, longer form content where it scratches an itch, it solves a problem. You taught someone how to do something in depth, no hold back, like from start to finish, this is how you solve this particular tech problem that kind of gets a different type of audience. It actually gets you less subscribers. So having 180,000 subscribers is where I'm at right now. But if you roll back 90 days, because uh, that's some of the ways YouTube gives you a perspective of your analytics, um, there's 1.3 million unique viewers among there because no one cares about subscribing to me because I solved a problem in a video telling them how to set up a proxy. They don't care about subscription. They just wanted to solve the problem. So I get a massive amount of unique viewers, which gives me really high view counts. And some of those people, they look at it and they watch an hour long video and go, well, that looks complicated, but that guy seems to know what he's doing. Exactly. So uh, let's call him. <laughs> but, and, and that is, I always tell people that public speaking is one of the best ways to get work because people will, you can literally tell them exactly what you do. Like, this is how you get into the router and here's your best tips. And as you go along, you give them these best practices and literally give away the entire farm. Yeah. And then they go, okay, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, yep. hey, Tom, exactly. can you do that for me? <laughs> yeah. And so. it's, um, it's kind of breaking that myth that, that a lot of people had. And even people told me this wasn't a business model and um, me just being me to prove someone wrong. I think this is a business model. <laughs> and uh, well, People told so, me like you should paywall it or you know monetize that way i'm like no you just put it on youtube so um i was going to ask you about do you have a, a strategy or a philosophy or do you just do what you do you know what i mean like did you say here's my youtube strategy year one year two year three um it was much less planned out and a whole lot of uh aha moments and face palming so what i mean by that is i for a while i was like okay what do we how do we put this? Let's just keep throwing these tutorials out there. I kind of think it's cool. You get excited because you really, when you spend time creating stuff and you know, you know, as an author, like when you create something, you're excited as someone read your book. There, there's just an excitement going, Hey, they get read it. And did you find it useful? Awesome. Those are just things that make the creators happy. You know, the artists wanting someone to observe their art. Um, but it came later to strategy. Cause if you watch some videos from 2017, even in 2018, we never even had a call to action. It was like, what are you doing? I don't, and someone says, you know what you should do? You should probably put a hire us button on there. I'm like, I thought it was inferred. They would just figure out they could hire us. And, you know, my <laughs> friends are like, I, I don't think that's clear, Tom. And I'm like, you're probably right. And that was the big, oh man, you know, I guess I could put a hire us button. And uh, that's led to, you know, to give some stats on that, where we're at with hiring us um, in 2020, 349 uh, businesses hired us like through bookings and uh, that's act, not people contact us, but actual jobs that got booked that from they YouTube. found you do. on YouTube. Found me on YouTube. Uh, that was the inbound lead generation that came from that. They booked us. We have a whole process workflow. Uh, they go online, fill out a form, and that's where that process is. That's how we know where they found us from YouTube. So we still have all of our existing internal MSP clients, ones that we acquired in the greater Detroit area that we service and manage. That part of my business still exists. Now we got lucky because in you know we've been doing this. 2019 is when we started the hire us button, and 2020 the world changed a lot. 
And uh, it was, it became harder to get in front of people to get leads in the real world. I mean, we, we did the, we still do um, as they are the limited chamber of commerce, physical events. Um, but they aren't occurring as much here in Detroit because of the events of 2020, they're slowly setting schedules further out when they're going to have these events again. So it actually was a good boom for us for people going, well, how do I find people? Oh, I just watch a YouTube video. Oh, look, this guy says hire us. And, uh, the cycle continues. <laughs> All right. So, um, I noticed that you do certain things that, uh, the, the common wisdom would say, don't do that. Do you pay any attention to people's advice about your video should be this long or you should only do this or you should do that? Or do you just like ignore them? I, so um, I have a few friends that have some uh, big podcasts as well. And we've had this discussion when we were on panels and my answer has been the same for a long time. It needs to be as long as it needs to be. And I know people are trying to come up with rules. Does it need to be nine minutes? Does it need to be 12 minutes? And when you're doing tutorials, the complexity of the tutorial is what dictates how long it needs to be. So once I've explained it, I have explained it. I don't know when that end is going to be. Matter of fact, uh, because I bullet point, not actually script things out. If I start a tutorial and we'll take uh, something more in depth, like HA proxy, that's a long video. And because there's a lot to setting up proxies with SSL certs and the way they serve things. So there's all these little moving parts to setting up a video like that. And so as I walk through it, I didn't know how long it was going to be. It was going to be until I was done explaining it. But then I do a short one on DNS. It's seven minutes long because the feature I wanted to cover in a server of how it handles DNS took me seven minutes to explain. That's as long as that video needed to be. Right. Well, it's interesting because I see sometimes these, this advice that you get like, Oh, YouTube changed their algorithm. Now you need to do this. Right. And so, you know, the current wisdom is today, make it a long video and every three minutes tell people, hit like, hit like, hit subscribe, hit like, hit like, and it's like, and you don't do any of that. And so yeah. you've got some videos that are 15 minutes. And then at the end, you stand up and, and you kind of basically look into the camera and say, hey, if you like this, you want to do business, you don't get in touch with us, da, 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 da. And everyone who is a Google or a, a YouTube coach would say, don't do that because your viewership drops off precipitously. But you just do what you do and it turns out to be pretty successful. <laughs> yeah. It's also the kind of audience you're trying to curate. And I get this and I, I see people throwing shade at other YouTubers because they find them annoying and overhyped and that's fine. And this is one of the things I told it, I, another, um, He's working another person. I talked to another MSP's working on a YouTube channel, right? And uh, I, I had just one on one, had a great conversation with him. But the part that he said really was a takeaway from our conversation was I said, you know, if you're looking to convert people, I said, some of my lowest yielding videos um, that may only have a few thousand views convert at a rate way higher. And it's because I'm attracting those people that go, you know, you weren't overhyping it. You weren't just trying to be a hype man, a salesperson for dancing around and doing it. I mean, and there's value if you want to be the entertainer and your goal is to see how high you can get that like number to go and see how high you can get to subscriber. Subscribers make for a great sales pitch if I was trying to get an advertiser. Um, I'm not chasing advertisers constantly and trying to insert every VPN and mattress company you can think of into, the exactly. into it. I mean, if I am, they want, they want a tear sheet that says, Hey, what are your stats? How many, well, you have 2 million, 3 million subscribers. You know, how many people is this mattress ad going to get in front of? 
Um, because a lot of it is kind of, it, there is a level of self-promotion. We're saying you can hire us for this, but I'm like I said in the beginning, I'm still giving you the entirety of it. So you can make an informed decision. Do I, I either learn how to do this? It helps me uh, in my career because this piece of information Tom shared is helpful, or um, it's helpful in a way that I think I should just hire him because that is way more complex than I thought it was. Therefore, I should just hire that out because right. it's not something I want to set up. So you have several audiences and sometimes you're talking to MSPs and saying, hey, this is how I set up my MSP. And, you know, you give actual advice, business owner to business owner. And other yes. times you just talk about technology that I think is maybe uh, somewhat appealing, obviously to technicians, but to, to people who think they can do this themselves. And then they realize, yeah, this is way more complicated than I would want to do. And so they either go for another video or they call you and say, can we do work? Um, do you think it hurts you at all to be like, to have these different audiences and not care that one video might not be appealing at all to the other audience? Yes, that is a challenge I think about because I get a lot of requests to do more business videos and they are the lower performing, but actually higher yielding in terms of conversion. And uh, I've thought about separating them into a separate channel. One of the problems we had is we, we started doing some hacking videos. And due to one of the problems is uh, YouTube blocking channels. And my friends over at Huntress have run into this a couple of times. They've gotten fights at YouTube. YouTube just blocks their channel when they do some of these videos. So we split it off, but it takes so much effort to run a second channel because the YouTube algorithm, when you start out new, just doesn't care. Yeah. Even if the video is titled the same, they're like, we are hiding this content from people and you have to crank out a ton of content to start getting any traction with it. Um, that's what's kept me from doing it. But I still considered at some point, maybe I should split the business off because I think there's a high demand for it, but it clutters it up. And I know it bothers the tech people who go, I, I don't want any business talk. I'm just, I skip over those. And <laughs> I kind of get it. Like if you're not running a business, it's like, this isn't relevant to me. I just want to play with a hypervisor. <laughs> right. But once again, uh, it goes against the advice that, hey, pick one road and go down that road. And, you know, yeah. which would mean that you'd have probably three channels because you also do stuff on, hey, if you want to know what equipment we use, here's our yep. equipment list, right? And and all of that. And because some people come and they say, well, I want to do what Tom does, right? And so you say, great, here's how you do that. <laughs> You're completely yeah. transparent, which I think that helps a great deal, you know, to just be I transparent. Yeah. One of the things we, we have, and we've got this post on our website, there's links in our videos. We have an entire content ethics policy we follow as part of our transparency. I try to be as upfront when something was sent to me, given to me, or if we purchased it just so there's a clear, if someone wants to assume there's a bias because a company sent me something. Um, and that's a tightrope you walk as any type of uh, creator, like, hey, cool, they sent me something. Um, if I am not nice about this, I won't get sent another thing. But the nice thing is I don't rely on that for my income. So I'm less worried. I will certainly, um, right now, the, uh, everyone's familiar with, I've done a lot of Unify videos. They've decided I am no longer worthy of sending things to because <laughs> I have, I've ranted about problems with their stuff, but I'm fine with that. I still buy their product because I rant about the products. I think that they don't do well, which now they've decided because well, your review wasn't good that we sent you this. I'm like, yeah, it's a terrible product. That's why it's not good. It has nothing to do with me. It's look at, read the comments, guys. This is a problem. Uh, right. So I don't mind being
being upfront about that. And that's one of the reasons, you know, there's been the question of, do you go YouTube full-time because it can be lucrative or do you uh, keep the business? And I put a lot of my business on autopilot. So I do possess and own the business legally, but much of the business is the day-to-day stuff is run by other people um, that I've put in place to it. I'm still the 100% You've moved up to being the owner instead of being yeah. the technician. But I, I took a different position because most owners are more like an investor where they make sure the machine is tuned and I'm over here making videos. And <laughs> <laughs> so I took so, a different position where other people are making some of that business uh, decision. <laughs> right. Is it um, a full-time job, the, the YouTube? I would say YouTube occupies about half of my time and the other half is doing some of the consulting. I, I really love being hands-on and doing something technical. Um, I, I was I had an interesting conversation at someone that reached out to me on LinkedIn just last night, um, but they they're like, yeah, the guy I've worked for used to be the technical guy, moved into business. And he said, the only thing he seems to be interested in is spreadsheets and KPIs now. And I'm like, no, I don't ever want to be that person. I want to be the person trying a new tech all the time and still shaping. And I still influence greatly like the technologies and tools we use here at the company. I'm, I've spent a lot of time trying things and saying, hey, let's, hey team, let's have a meeting and see is this is a good fit to add to our product stack. So I still spend a lot of time evaluating things or you know, doing research like that. So that's a big role I do play in the company. Um, and that requires me to be very hands-on and you know, interactive feedback and be, I, I still have my tech game up. I'm still fingers on keyboards. I'm not looking at spreadsheets. I have delegated the spreadsheets. I know those are important. I, I know we should be making money. So those meetings happen. And I ask that question, right? <laughs> so but I'm the not the primary, one driving it as much. Are you the primary salesman? Um, mostly right now. So there was a time when I had a friend who helped develop a good sales process and uh, kind of through a series of happenstance, he left, but we're trying to swing him to come back a little bit uh, because we decided for to take a break from the in-person sales and just let YouTube do its thing uh, with 2020. So he actually left in uh, early 2020 when the pandemic started. We said, I, I don't know what we're going to do because normally his job was going to all these physical events all the time. We're like, and he had a, an amazing opportunity come up. So he's a personal friend of mine. And I said, dude, that opportunity looks amazing. And during a pandemic, that type of offer is uh something I would run with. As your friend, I tell you to run with it. I'll miss you. I'll keep your seat warm over here. <laughs> but I don't know what's going to happen with in-person meetings. That was a big part of it. So right now I'm primarily the salesperson. And we actually don't, uh, we started in 2019 is when we cut all advertising. We don't spend a dollar in ads other than like our fees. It costs to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, but it, we still do is I think there's still a lot of value in in-person meetings and getting up in front and speaking events. And uh, I've already gotten some of the messages back. So I'll probably go back to doing in-person speaking events. They're getting them scheduled for July here. And uh, so I'm figuring out which ones I'm going to say yes to. So those will still be for local events. Um, I work with banks and things like that. Banks like to try to put some content and value for some of their right. business clients. Um, that's still a lead generation for us for local leads and still something we participate in physically and do that's not, I see physically because it's not the YouTube space. <laughs> right, right. So you also do, uh, you have a good habit of listing out anything that you mentioned in your video. And I'm assuming you've got affiliate links for all yeah. of these. Uh, like, oh, here, Here's the tool that we were using and here's the, yep. you know, the router or the firewall, whatever. Uh, and so if people want to buy that stuff, you give them a, a list and uh, obviously you get some money from that. Yeah. Is that beer money or is that uh, better than beer money? Better than beer. Um, <laughs> so YouTube, you, you have a couple different ways. The, the most lucrative and the ones that I 
very limit myself to. We we are working with some potential sponsors for the channel, um, but we're going to do them in the way where the person sponsoring a video has nothing to do with the content of video. It'll be unrelated, uh, but I'm not going mattress. Uh, those are inscribing me nuts because, man, I tell you, every podcast I listen to has a mattress ad, but... So we may take on some sponsors who are actually the more lucrative money. And it's just some of the videos are probably stuff. It's kind of a way I look at it. If those videos are not going to be something anyone would ever hire for, but their knowledge, I think, really needs to get out there. Um, I need to be it takes a lot of time to produce that content. So it's kind of a different way of monetizing it. We'll let this company kind of pay for the production cost of a piece of content that people will find interesting that doesn't necessarily always have a sales on the back end. But I know that the community would benefit from that. Uh, so we might be looking into some of those you know, coming up in 2021, as of right now in March, we have not done any of these yet. Uh, but where things uh, can also be lucrative in those affiliates is where um, you get like special branded deals. Now, one thing we refuse to do, and this comes back to that contents ethics policy, is uh, fully sponsored videos. Like if a company wants me to review their product as a sponsored spot, and this is that Ah, this has been a problem for content creators because the FTC is starting to crack down on them. Oh, a yeah. lot of them don't disclose they were paid for that spot. And uh, to give you an idea, I won't name the company, but some of the reviews, I mean, they're offering $10,000 for me to review something on a channel. Like here's $10,000. We'll send you the product, say nice things about us. Essentially is how that goes. Right. And <laughs> There's, it's hard to catch someone doing it. It's not like the, the company certainly doesn't want to publicly make known that it was a paid sponsored video. You think it's a good review because you have a trusted reviewer of it. Um, so there's a tightrope there that those people who are illegal tightrope, you know, the FTC says you have to disclose things. We are very much on the ethics and compliance side. That's one of the reasons I don't take on those videos. Uh, but people want to know numbers. Let's just quit dancing around it. Uh, right now, between all the affiliate links, um, the YouTube AdSense, and the Amazon affiliates, it probably brings in around $120,000 a year. So in wow. cumulatively. So it's actually, it's not amazing, but it's not bad. And it's quite a bit of effort that you took well, years there, to get to where I'm at, but there it is are that, people who live on less than that. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, there is. And it's also, and people may look at it going, well, that's enough for you to not have a job, Tom, and own a business. I, but hold up right now, for example, I'm going to be reviewing a product. My staff spent time setting up said product because people say, how do you get through a lot of it? Well, it's just like any other business. I hand it off. Hey guys, go ahead and set all this up, build this server out for me so I can do the demo. I don't have time to build the server. I know how um, I built many of them, but I'm like, here, set up all these servers real quick, get this uh, plugged in, set up, uh, give me a few notes on some of the things I just need to know about the product. Then I'll go over the notes, verify everything. Then I can make the video. So there is a cost other than Tom's production time associated with it. So before you get excited just about the numbers, but anyone who spent time on YouTube um, and you see some of those really big gaming YouTubers and things like that. Yeah. Some of those get some lucrative contracts to play games and there, there is some big opportunity depending on how you spin it. It's less so for uh, doing deeply technical firewall videos though. <laughs> right. Well, we, you know, sometimes we get hired by companies that are, you know, like I recently did one, the, that they were helping people file their tax returns, right? If, if you need to do this, right? So we get this sponsored ad and they were super clear with us. If you post this stuff for us, it must have this word ad at the beginning. So people have no doubt at all that, you know, you got paid to put this out there. And so even if you say nice things about them, people are very clear that you got 
paid for the ad, whether you yeah. say nice things about them or not. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it, it just makes it obvious what's going on. And I don't think anybody's confused anyway, you know. No, most of the time, most of the companies are definitely on the up and up on this. Um, there's, it's just always those exceptions. And as I've learned making friends in the YouTube world, and I actually have a cousin who's got well over a million subscribers who makes directly her living from YouTube. You learn a lot about the back end of things. And uh, it's, it's been interesting because there's some people that like, it's like, she's like, who do I tell? I know someone's doing this and they shouldn't be, but who do you report them to? It's not like she's not <laughs> trying to report them, but you learn some of the little things going on in the back end. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, very cool. So um, uh, we're almost out of time, but I did want to ask you if you've got anything that you would want people to go to or look at or, you know, uh, I my, am, you know, I obviously have IT professionals that are the only people who listen to my stuff. So <laughs> I am really easy to find and get a hold of and talk to. Uh, I have everything feeds to my website, my business and my website um, and YouTube are all one and the same, which is lawrencesystems.com. I also run forums. Uh, my forums get probably 3,000 visitors a day. They, they're actually become really a popular piece of it too. And the forums are one of those, there's no, that's not, that's completely just a time sink, so to speak, that I spend a lot of time on answering people's questions so they can engage with me. It's the only way I can do it at scale because if everyone wants to just contact me, that doesn't work. Just emailing me doesn't work. Um, I, I have a hard time responding to those. But my forums, if you just want to say, hey, Tom, I want to reach out, cool. I like, I love public discourse and conversations on topics. Uh, and sometimes people go there to debate me on things, which I'm fine with too. <laughs> right. Exactly. Do, do they debate you on whether or not they should have a Linux uh, desktop? Yes, that definitely comes up and they're surprised because they want to know. So there's always those fanboys that want to know why I'm not promoting Linux to my clients. And I'm like, no, I have to be, I have to be rational and reasonable. So those are fun public discourses that uh, trans yeah. just because I'm an open source advocate doesn't mean I think it fits everything. Um, and we are an MSP. We manage windows for our clients. This is what the world works on right now and the business world operates on. Therefore that's what we service. <laughs> Very cool. And you have your own merchandise. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Shirts, cat shirts. I'm wearing one right now. I don't, I, if I, it's probably not in the video, but yeah, I got one of my uh, favorite cat shirts. On. We can take another shot. Lift, lift up your shirt and smile there. Yeah, yeah. All right. There. <laughs> so, um, all right. Very good. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, folks can check you out on YouTube and we'll put links to all of that. I'll also put a link to the to your ethics, which you have on all of, almost all your videos anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Share your sources. I, I very, like you said, I try to be as transparent as possible about everything we do because I think it just helps build a better relationship with the audience. Uh, you know, it's well, very better good. that way. Thank you, you for what you do for our community. All right. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. All righty. This has been yet another SMB community podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.